Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm your host, Jordan Rausch. And I'm Jeremy. And this is our spooky Halloween episode. <laughs> I uh, asked Jeremy if I could, we could record this in the dark, and he threatened to not record with me. So we're doing it with the lights on, which hmm. isn't as fun, but I was going to get... Turn the lights off. I was going to get our fog machine. No, you weren't. None of those things were set up. <laughs> Don't put this on me. I was going to turn the lights off. Okay, turn the lights <laughs> off. You're acting tough now that we're recording. <laughs> yeah, they don't need to know that the lights aren't off right now. But it's like funny that, you know... You don't want to listen to a scary story with the lights off because you literally bought one of the scariest Halloween decorations that we've ever had. (laughs) Jeremy came home today with this doll on a rocking chair and it's like motion censored. Mm -hmm. If you walk in front of it, it goes, hello, is anybody there? And it just starts rocking back and forth. On the rocking chair. It's terrifying. And it goes through all of these noises. Yeah. And I bought it for our friend, but uh, to add to her baby doll collection, her creepy baby doll collection, because literally she has a collection of creepy baby dolls. Yeah, it's awful. But alas, I didn't make it home with her, so it's on our porch now. Our porch. <laughs> Creeping me out when I hear like a small child's voice just outside of our door. So for this week's presidential trivia. Yes. Which president banned his White House staff from talking about the thing? The thing was the ghost of a 15-year-old boy who haunted the White House and would appear behind people at random, grab their shoulders, and leaned over their shoulder to see what they were looking at. Hmm. So which president told his staff they weren't allowed to talk about it? The thing. The thing. That's creepy. It's giving me a chance. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Haven't a clue. Well, the answer will be at the end of this episode, so stay tuned. See so stay tuned. <laughs> you ready? Mm-hmm. On... On April 14, 1865, President Abraham Lincoln and his wife Mary Todd were making plans to attend a play at Ford's Theater. Ooh, Ford's Theater! <laughs> General Robert E. Lee had surrendered his troops at the Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia only five days earlier, ending the Civil War, and Lincoln was ready to relax with some entertainment. The Lincolns decided to invite some guests to join them in the presidential box at the theater. Mm. First, they asked the Speaker of the House, Schuyler Colfax, but he was leaving on a trip for the West Coast. Then they asked the reporter, Noah Brooks, but he declined because he was just getting over a nasty cold. They asked their oldest son, Robert Todd, that had just returned from serving as one of General Grant's staff officers. But all he wanted to do was to sleep in a comfortable bed at the White House. (laughs) He was tired of, I don't know, sleeping on a cot. Yeah. Out in... Or a 
pile of straw yeah. in a barn. <laughs> just on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, I, I would like a nice, comfortable Warmth. night rest. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. The French Marquis de Chambrun declined the invitation as well because his wife refused to attend a theatrical performance on Good Friday. Mm. Finally, they found takers and Major Henry Rathbone and his fiancée and stepsister, Clara Harris. Hmm. Uh, they didn't become step-siblings until they were engaged, older. He was in his 20s and she was like her late teens. So it wasn't totally weird. But they were invited because her father was a senator who was friends with Mary Todd. Oh, very nice. So that's how they got invited to the play. That night, the president, first lady, and their guests arrived late to the theater. Everything was stopped to welcome the president with applause while the orchestra played Hail to the Chief. Major Rathbone and Clara were seated next to the First Lady to watch the play Our American Cousin. Hmm. Lincoln was having a great time at the show. During the last act, the crowd burst out into laughter at one of the actor's lines. That was when John Wilkes Booth slipped into the president's box. The guard assigned to watch the door to the president's box had left his post during the intermission to visit a local tavern. You have one job. You have one job. And he's like... But it's well, not to go check. He's check like, the eh, fence. the war is over and nothing's going on, so I'm just going to go have a few drinks. Booth raised his pistol to the back of Lincoln's head and fired. Lincoln immediately slumped forward. Henry Rathbone tried to tackle Booth, but Booth pulled out his knife and slashed at Rathbone's chest and arm, cutting his arm open from shoulder to elbow. Hmm. Once he was free from Rathbone, Booth jumped from the box onto the stage that was 15 feet below. Once on the stage, Booth raised his dagger into the air that was covered in Rathbone's blood and shouted, Six Semper Tyrannis, or thus always to tyrants, and then he ran off the stage. <laughs> Rathbone yelled, Stop that man! But the audience was confused and thought it was all part of the play, <laughs> until Mary Todd Lincoln started screaming, They have shot the president! And then everybody's like, oh, no, oh, this is wow. real. Yeah. It's not part of the play. Yeah. Two doctors rushed to Lincoln's side. While they were examining Lincoln, Rathbone was bleeding profusely, so Clara embraced him while he bled all over her dress. Hmm. The doctors made the decision to move Lincoln to the Peterson boarding house, which was across the street from the theater, and Rathbone and Clara followed. Once at the boarding house, Mary Todd saw Clara's dress and cried, oh, my husband's blood. And she just started going crazy, and Clara just didn't feel like telling her, like, no, it's actually my my husband's my blood. fiance's blood. Yeah. But didn't really matter. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rathbone collapsed from his own blood loss. Clara stuffed his wound with her handkerchief until the doctors tended to him, and they were taken home. So the doctors are obviously paying attention to the president. Right. So this guy that's essentially a nobody yeah, is, like, bleeding is. out yeah. in the corner of the room. Yeah. The knife wound in Rathbone's arm went almost all the way to the bone and Mm. barely missed his brachial artery. President Lincoln died the next morning. Rathbone eventually recovered from his knife injury, though he never regained full use of his arm and carried around an enormous amount of guilt for not saving the president's life. Clara wrote her friend a few days later where she said her dress, hands, and face were saturated literally with blood. 
You may imagine what a scene, and so all through that dreadful night when we stood by that dying bed. Poor Miss Lincoln was and is almost crazy. Mary Todd Lincoln was institutionalized ten years later when a pharmacist stopped her plan to commit suicide, and she died on July 15, 1882. The summer after the assassination, Clara went to her family's summer home that was just outside of Albany, and she brought her blood-soaked dress with her. She never wanted to wear it again, so she never had it cleaned, but she also couldn't bring herself to burn it or throw it away, so she kept it in the closet the summer house. Hmm. On the one-year anniversary of Lincoln's assassination, Clara awoke in the middle of the night to the rocking chair in the corner of the room, rocking all by itself, and she heard laughter that she believed was Lincoln's enjoying the play that night he was assassinated. Her family told her it was just a dream, but a year later, a guest sleeping in the same room as the dress told the same story of Lincoln laughing. What? Clara and Henry were married on July 11, 1867. Their first child was born on Lincoln's birthday, February 12th in 1870. Ah, the day before my birthday. Yeah. George Washington's birthday was three days later. You're just born right in the middle of them. Just a presidential birth month. Yeah. That same year, Henry resigned from the army as a full colonel on December 31st. After that, the Rathbones went on an extended trip to Europe to visit several doctors and different spas to help Rathbone's chronic dyspepsia and deteriorating mental health. So dyspepsia, if you don't know, is just basically stomach problems. Mm -hmm. Rathbone had been suffering from both ever since Lincoln's assassination and the guilt that he carried with him from that night. Rathbone became increasingly paranoid that Clara was going to take their three children and leave him. In 1882, the Rathbones were spending the summer at Clara's family home in Albany, where the dress still hung in the closet. Because she still couldn't get rid of the dress, and it kept serving as a reminder of the worst night of their lives, Clara had the closet closed off by bricks with the dress still inside it. At the end of the summer, the family went back to Europe to get more help for Henry, who was now thin, pale, and suffering from constant headaches. The family decided to rent a place in Hanover, Germany, when President Chester A. Arthur appointed Rathbone as the U.S. Consul to the province of Hanover. Before dawn on Christmas Eve in 1883, Henry Rathbone walked into Clara's bedroom fully dressed. Henry said that he wanted to wake the children to spend time with them. Clara freaked out, said it was way too early to wake up the children. Henry began to become increasingly angry as Clara kept refusing to wake the children. She then went and got the children, but put them in a room and locked the door. Clara then went to go calm Henry down. Henry then pulled out his revolver and shot Clara twice. He then pulled out his knife and began stabbing her over and over and over again. With Clara bleeding out on the floor, Henry then turned his knife around and began stabbing himself in the chest six times. A maid and the sister of the owner of the house burst into the bedroom after hearing screaming and found the bloody body strewn on the floor. Clara died, but Henry survived and was arrested for murder. Henry Rathbone was found guilty of murder, but was instead placed in an, in an asylum after being declared insane by his doctors. Rathbone was sent to an asylum for the criminally insane in Hildesheim, Germany, while his children were sent to live with their uncle, William Harris, back in the United States. Clara was buried in Germany. 
While in the asylum, Henry Rathbone's paranoia continued to worsen, along with hallucinations that the walls were hollow and contained sprayers that blew dust and gas into his room. Henry died in 1911 and was buried next to Clara in Germany. <laughs> in Albany, guests at the Harris family home continued to give accounts on ghost sightings every year on their anniversary of Lincoln's assassination. But it was now a little different. They often heard a gunshot and saw both Lincoln's ghost and the ghost of a young woman covered in blood crying. Claire and Henry's oldest son became a United States congressman. In 1910, a year before his father's death, Representative Rathbone broke down the bricks that closed off the closet that held his mother's dress and burned the dress, declaring that the dress had cursed his family for 45 years. In 1928, right before his death, Representative Rathbone proposed a museum in the Ford Theater. Today you can visit Ford's Theater and it looks just like it did on April 14, 1865, including the same furnishings and lighting. In 1929, Mary Raymond Shipman Andrews wrote a short story about the cursed dress and the ghosts in the room, titled The White Satin Dress. In 1952, the remains of Henry and Clara Rathbone were dug up and disposed of due to the German cemetery's policy of discarding remains of graves that had been unvisited for long periods of time. The location of the remains is unknown. Mm -hmm. And that's the story of the Rathbone murder. Jeez, that's creepy. It's like uh, I could see the chair. Right. Remember when we went and saw it at the Ford Museum? Yeah, we saw. Yeah, we actually saw the chair that Lincoln was shot in at the Ford Museum in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And it still has blood stains on it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. I got chills (laughs) listening to that story. My sources for the story are The Night Abraham Lincoln Was Assassinated by Doris Kearns Goodwin, Major Henry Rathbone and Clara Harris, Forgotten Victims of the Lincoln Assassination by Misha Rendikova, The Haunted Major by Gene Smith, and a Ludenville native placed the blame of Lincoln's death upon his shoulders and paid dearly for it by Michael Hallisey. You're really quiet for that story. No. I don't know. I'm usually the jokester. That wasn't very funny. Wow. At all. That's creepy. I just think about all the people that turned Lincoln down to go see the play first. I wonder if they just all kind of got a bad feeling. Yeah, just like like a bad premonition. No, not tonight. Yeah. I don't want to go tonight. Because especially just to turn down the president. Right. Yeah, the president asks you to do something. I don't know. I guess if you just got done fighting a civil war, then you might be like, yeah, man, I've done enough for you. Yeah, like, I'm tired, yeah. man. Well, No, Dad, I don't want to go to the theater with you. I just want to sleep in a bed. <laughs> I guess Mary Todd Lincoln said that was probably one of the happiest days that Lincoln had had in a very long time. She said he's smiled all day. They were like... Like, holding each other Mm. and, like, hanging on to each other all day. And it was, like, one of the happiest days they'd had in a really long time until he was shot. Mm. And then Mary Todd Lincoln's mental health deteriorated from then on out, and so did Rathbone's. Yeah. And what was Rathbone again? What did he do? 
He he was a major. He started as a major for the union, and then he retired as a full bird colonel. Mm. Mm. Must be nice to just start out as major. <laughs> I don't think he started as major. Mm. That was what he was at the end of the Civil War. Mm. Okay, now I'm tracking. Yeah. So, presidential trivia. Yeah, who was it? Which president got freaked out by a ghost and forbade his staff about talking about it? It was Taft. William Howard Taft. Yeah, William Howard Taft. 1909 to 1913. Yeah. He was just not about the ghost. It uh, freaked him out and he didn't want to hear about it. That would be me. <laughs> I don't care if you saw a ghost. Don't tell me about it. There's not a ghost here. You can't convince me otherwise. Well, I guess the power bill for the White House is going to be through the roof. Because every light is staying on huh. all the time. A candle? A candle? Yeah. 1909? It was had running electricity by then. The White House might have. Yeah. The candle bill was through the roof. Back in the old-timey no. days when you had to get on a ladder to light your chandelier. Yeah. No, I get that, though. We lived in a house in Wyoming that I'm pretty sure was haunted. Oh, absolutely it was. Like, I would be in the shower and I'd hurt. I would hear the front door slam and, like, Jeremy wouldn't be there. Yeah. But I know it slammed because our dog would bark at it, yeah. slamming. And then there was, like, our laundry was in this creepy... That was, that was also the... Oh, go ahead. Tell them about the laundry. Yeah. Our laundry, so our washer and dryer was in this, like, creepy, unfinished basement. And our dog, who literally follows me around everywhere, would not go downstairs with me. Mm. He would stand at the top of the stairs and just watch me do laundry. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't come down there with me. Mm-hmm. And then I would also see shadows move around in, like, the corner of my eye. <laughs> that could have just been all the spiders that were living in that house, too. Yeah. I was just going to say... So, one morning, Jordan was laying in bed there. I got up, put on my pants, my work pants, and I felt something kind of tickling my side, and I, like, brushed at it, and then I noticed two spiders fell on the floor. Not one, but two. Two spiders. Two spiders fell on the floor. I've never gotten out of pants so fast. (laughs) They were still standing up. Next to me because I got out of them so quickly, and then I jumped on the spiders and killed them. And I was like, "That's well, it." Didn't you like brush out your shirt and then like another spider fell out of like your shirt from oh, the back too? Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, so I was like, I was like, "Get up! You're getting out of the house. I'm taking the dog to work with me today, and we're bug bombing the shit out of this place." And then we got home, and this house had screen doors, and the screen doors were, like, covered with spiders trying to escape. The gas. The, yeah, trying to escape the bug bombs through the little holes in the screen doors. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Yep. It was terrible. Well, that house was haunted for sure. So if you have any haunted stories, whether it is you lived in a haunted house, visited a haunted house, or have paranormal presidential stories too we'd love to hear them so go to americathebizarre.com and fill out our contact form or just send us an email directly to bizarreusa at gmail.com tag us on facebook instagram twitter twitter yeah you can contact us there on all of our social media as well Mm -hmm. 
And we guys, we hope you guys all have a great Halloween, whether that means you are staying home, having trick-or-treating just from room to room in your house, just watching scary movies. If you're going Mm -hmm. to go outside and try to get candy from the candy shoots that people have built this year, Mm -hmm. Um, we hope you have a great Halloween and we hope you stay safe. Stay healthy. And until next time, stay stay weird, America. America.